Welcome back to the next podcast. We are going to be serious today. I promise. Jordan, Jordan, take two. How is it going today, Jordan? I'm trying. It's okay. So, you know, Jordan's on his like third energy drink for the night. So we're going to try and get through this sitting down at the table using the talking stick. Yes. We we won't break it. And uh, anyway, we are joined by... (laughs) <laughs> Once again, another South African. Yep, that's all the, the way preferred, from South the preferred Africa. Preferred term as of now. <laughs> that's well, the preferred. It's the term. only term we'll use. Yep, yeah, mm-hmm. that's it. So with that, so yeah, have, Jordan, you want, would you, you like want, to say hi? Want, okay, I'll say hi. Hi guys, this is Jordan speaking, and um, today we're joined by a good friend of mine. Wow, that sounds really professional. Like it I, don't, does. I barely know you, so I just like I've only known you for like nineteen of the. 19 years I've been alive. And um, so we're joined today by Josiah Milan, um, and that's spelled M-A-L-A-N. Um, so you guys can say Milan if you want. <laughs> I guess you can, yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, Josiah, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's good to be here. Finally, I finally made it into the country and it's... Yeah, it's good to be here with you guys. As you can, only as you, 19 years. I mean, what is that? Anyway? I know, right? It's it's as you guys can see, our standards for guests have really dropped. Really yeah. low. <laughs> <laughs> well, Josiah, it's been a wicked two weeks of knowing you. I never thought we would be joined by another crybaby. Wow, for that Jesus. is crazy. Actually, that's true. Actually, okay. Before we get into your testimony, let's talk about um, let's talk about crying for a second because that we've got a pretty <laughs> funny story, right? So, Josiah. Um, I'm going to kind of tell half of it on your behalf and then you can, you can tell the rest of it, I guess, if you want. But basically, Josiah from, um, how long has it been that you've been a crybaby? Probably about six years. Mm-hmm. So it's a long time. And, um, and so there was someone pretty close to him that would make fun of him for about six years. And, and the name sounds an awful lot like Jordan. And, you know, it kind of starts with a J and ends with an Orden. And mm-hmm. um, so basically this, this, this guy, I don't know who he is. We're not going to point fingers, right? You know, um, <laughs> okay. You can't see it, but everyone's pointing fingers. So, <laughs> but um, so this guy. It's kind of like the man that's busy talking the most. That's the one. Goofy accent, that guy. Uh, the goofy accent. Yeah. I'm just not going to say anything and then it won't be me anymore. <laughs> no anyway so basically this guy used to make fun of um of another guy who happens to sound like ja and sire and um and basically he'd make fun of him for laughing not laughing for crying at everything and um and and and, and anything and then um and then one mantle day this fell. and then, then one day <laughs> someone else took his mantle and now and now we are all three professional crybabies mm-hmm. absolutely and now crybabies. jordan is living in the harvest of all the seeds that he sowed. Yeah, so I kind of reaped it seven mm-hmm. times. He reaped it? I, yeah, I so did. This kind of goes out to a warning to anyone out there who does not cry, that you will one day be One day be baby. a cry. Well, it's, it's, there's a high, the, you know, the, I like to say that the chances for most people are low, but never zero. Never zero. Never zero. Absolutely Always not. watch out for a cry baby because yeah. they will cry. So yeah, anyways, right. Josiah, how are you doing? Um, um, I think you said you were good already. So we're just yeah, going to jump I'm in. I'm doing well, man. Josiah. Um, <laughs> I'm doing well. This is as dysfunctional as podcasts can get, but we love it. <laughs> so Josiah, um, I've known you forever. Um, Eric has known you for two weeks, so that's cool as well. Yep. And so um, basically, um, I grew up with you and you've got a pretty crazy story and it's kind of a miracle that you're sitting here. So mm-hmm. why, don't you, why don't you get started? Take us back to the beginning when you were born at a very young age. Very young age. Well, I um, 
I grew up in a small town called East London in the country of South Africa. Mm, I know it well. And um, yeah, that's sort of where Jordan also started off. Eric has not been there yet, but he will come one day. Yeah, mm-hmm. Eric Absolutely. has heard all about it. So I kind of grew up there with um, Jordan and my dad in ministry, my dad being the worship leader of the church. And yeah, sort of grew up there, grew up going to church every Sunday, grew up in a house of faith, always speaking faith, living by faith knowing the word, reading the word. That's sort of where we, how I grew up. And um, for for a long time, it was a sort of a burden to carry because it wasn't, I didn't have that relationship with God. So it was sort of a borrowed relationship. It was through my parents. And talking about that level of relationship with um, with the Lord and that level of faith, like these, this is not, um, this is not like your average um, this is not your average church. These are not your average people. Like your parents are insane. I mean, they basically, your dad, based on a phone call with my dad, packed up everything That's right. mm-hmm. and left and packed yeah. up everything to travel with my dad. Yeah. In 1998, my dad gave up his job of um, being an accompanist and a lecturer in Johannesburg, one of the most sought after piano players in South Africa. And he gave it all up to follow, follow the call of God and join the little ministry it was based in East London called Revival South Africa. So they hit the road and that's sort of where it started. And so, I mean, from there, my dad just led worship. And like I said, I grew up in church. And the problem was, was on a Sunday, I would go to church and I'd be all holy, high and mighty, say amen, <laughs> say glory at the right times, wave to everyone, smile. You know, just like they say in Madagascar, smile and wave, boys, yep. just smile <laughs> and wave. So that's sort of what I did. And eventually... Uh, got caught up in the world. So at about age 11, I was exposed to pornography for the first time. And yeah, so I was sort of gripped me immediately and was addicted till, sure, about 19. And so that's where it started, things in the world. Um, I was a competitive swimmer, so mixed with the wrong crowd there as well, mm-hmm. made the wrong friends and started smoking. Uh, probably what I think I had my first cigarette at about 14 so I started smoking eventually got into weed I was offered cocaine fortunately I was saved from that I did not send <laughs> anything up my nose because I don't believe anything should be sent up your nose <laughs> tickles a little bit uh, yeah I would not suggest it to anyone so yeah I was I mean offered all of that Christian knows a thing or two about stuff coming out your nose yeah <laughs> you know something about that there's criers and then it's snotters uh-huh. yeah so I was thank the Lord none of us are that yeah. except Christian. Except Christian. Yeah, except That's Christian. Okay. So I was sort of really in the world. I mean, Monday would come around after church and I would be right back where I left off. I mean, I'd leave church on a Sunday even and I'd probably go smoke and, you know, look at porn and all that. In fact I actually I looked at porn in the church. So yeah, hmm. not proud of it. Um but I was addicted and I was really in the world and it was a it was a matter of everybody has the void in their lives and they start filling it with things because they don't have a relationship with God. That's magic finger. And I filled it with the things of the world. And so it was, it's, it's not something I'm proud of, but I mean, it was, it was a part of me and it shaped me into who I am today. And the Lord's brought me out of that. So, you know, I lived that life for a while and I always knew about God, but I never had that relationship. I always try to read the word, but got bored, got tired because I read mm-hmm. it like a storybook and you can't do that. So in, what was it, George? About 2014, I think I came to the States with you for the first time. Yeah, yeah. 2014, we came to the U.S., started traveling back and forth between South Africa as 
because as families we felt that the Lord was calling us here and um, yeah I started traveling and we met a family of I mean they had 12 children who Jordan and I really clicked well with my gosh yep and I mean I saw I saw something in them that I wanted I saw them walk around with joy with peace with the fullness with desire to know God to know more of him just to they strived to live lives of righteousness and that stood out to me and that's what I wanted I wanted to, that's where the seeds were planted because I wanted that. I realized that that's what I was missing in my life. And uh, fortunately, they started taking me under their wing and started walking roads with me, um, getting me out of that. So eventually the swearing sort of slowed down and wouldn't swear as much. And I started listening to more uh, Christian music rather than secular music and um, listening to sermons. And that desire was really, the seeds were planted for the desire. And so I started desiring that, desiring more and more and more of that. And um, so that that's sort of where it started. I mean, in that time, I was, Jordan will know this, I got very offended by something. And so Jordan and I, we <clears> sort <throat> of entered a season where we weren't really <laughs> friends talking to each other or anything like that. I mean, yeah. but now we're closer than brothers. So, yeah, I mean, we, uh, we had that. Uh, I was very offended first time and last time in my life I'll ever be offended. and um, yeah and so that really took me into a dark place and I was not a happy person and then in so what was it 2018 yeah it was May of 2018 Um, we all I think no you didn't fly to South Africa then Uh, I flew to South Africa no you did it was just our family and I was October because that was after Christian's birthday and that's when Niall got saved now mm-hmm. I got saved at Christian's birthday, Christian's 13. Mm-hmm. And um, we flew to South Africa just after that. And uh, I saw Nal and I was like, yo, Nal, there's something different about you. Yeah. you. You are like a different person. I don't know this now. Now, if you didn't know this, Nal Kler, um, who is no stranger to the next. Exactly. I mean, he runs the next lives in South Africa. Mm-hmm. And, um, which is now on YouTube. Which we is now on YouTube. YouTube channel, uh-huh. The next YouTube live that's right from last friday's on there yeah and so i mean Nal used to bully me he was <laughs> he was a bully but but i mean we now i mean you wouldn't say that but i saw him and and i said yo man there's something about you there's something about you that that's different and once again there were more seeds planted because i wanted that man mm-hmm. Nal really took me in and you know started sitting me down and talking to me and really just welcoming me in as a brother not wow. judging me for anything I had done, not condemning me, not looking at me in any funny way. All he did was show me the love of Christ yeah. and embrace me with it. Mm-hmm. And um, on that Sunday, I mean, Nal, I actually have the date here in my Bible. Uh, let me get it here quickly. Nal actually, he did a, an altar call where he, well, not an altar call, but he had ministry time. And it was on the 27th of May, 2018. that Niall shared his testimony at church and I sat there and it was a testimony that I could relate to. And I could relate to being half in the world and half in God, knowing my whole life that this is the right way, that this is the path that I must go, but running from it, Mm -hmm. not, you know, wanting it, but not putting the effort in for it. And, you know, that Sunday, um, Niall went into ministry time with the youth and it was incredible. People were weeping. Um, Now prayed for his, at that time, his girlfriend, Taylor, who is now his wife, who is pregnant and expecting their first child. Mm -hmm. Um, He prayed for, and 
I went, I was just standing next to him and, and he came around and he prayed for me. And as he laid hands on me, I burst into tears and I had my first encounter with God. And I decided that at that point that I was going to give everything up, that that was it. I'm going to put everything in the world aside. I am now going to follow God above all else. I'm going to walk out with boldness, with supernatural boldness, that people will see the change, that just like they saw the change in Nile, they're going to see the change in me. And that's what I wanted. Yeah. And from that day, I mean, that Sunday, even though I said that, I went home and I still tried, I liked, I tried to light a cigarette and I just couldn't get myself to do it. <laughs> I had no desire for it. I just did it because I had it. So good. And unfortunately at that time, pornography just wouldn't leave me. I was still gripped. And so I really, I went and I, um, I really started following God, spending time with him, started developing a relationship. And I tried to break pornography and try to get it off and, you know, shake it off in my own strength and everything. And eventually I just said to God, I said, you know what? I'm done. This is, I'm so addicted to this. I cannot break it that if you don't take it away, it's just going to be and you're going to have to accept me with it. I'm going to come to heaven. I'm going to have that <laughs> because I cannot break this. So it's now yours. You can use me. I don't mind. Use me. But you're going to have to take this away. I'm done. And it was October. Yeah. Now, during that time, I had flown back to the U.S. and, you know, gotten back here. Jordan and I had made up again. No, actually, we hadn't no, made no, up no. at that point. No, not at that point. No. October was faith on but fire. But October, all of us... Um, flew back to South Africa for the Faith on Fire conference. Mm -hmm. And I started serving. And that was sort of the first time that I really served with the right heart. Yeah. And I started serving. And it was, I think, the Wednesday of Faith on Fire. I realized that I had not looked at pornography for four days. And that was the longest time that I had gone without any desire. I mean, I had gone three weeks before, but I had the desire the entire time. But during those three days, I had no desire. Hmm. From that point, I mean, pornography was it was broken off of me. It was gone. And it's a miracle and glory to God, really. And yeah, I mean, that's, that's, sort, of, that's sort of how I came into Christ and how I broke yeah. off all the addictions. And even with that, I mean, we had so pretty much after Christian's birthday and that then I flew back to the States. You then we kind of switched places you went to South Africa, yeah, and uh -huh. we had we had a couple of weeks away from each other. Everything between us was still fine for the most part, yeah. and then when you came back, it was like something was super weird. Like I couldn't, <laughs> yeah. I could, I could not put my finger on it, but something between us was super weird. And I think I could probably count the number of times I spoke to you in that like three month period on one hand. Probably. I don't. Uh -huh. We did not talk at all. We didn't speak. We didn't hang. We didn't do anything. Now you guys and it was shut really, up. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, really, when, when the switch happened for me, um, I actually had a friend and he he phoned me and he said, my nickname here is Jay. And he said, Jay, you need to fly out to Wisconsin, up to his cabin. And I flew up to the cabin and it was really there that the Lord just did a work in me. Hmm. And he really softened my heart, confronted me about my offenses. And the offense is really what, what ate up my friendships and and, yeah. and I started hurting everyone and hurt people hurt people mm -hmm. and I really started hurting the people closest to me and yeah but I mean look at God yeah that but was God. oh my gosh that was an incredible and yeah. it literally went yeah it was that was a really really rough point in time for me as well um, not that this is my story but it kind of coexists into into what you were saying yeah where 
basically over that three month period of time, I had been watching Nile as well. And mm-hmm. I had seen the, the life change that happened in Nile's life. Yeah. And I wanted something like that as well. Yeah. And I really, I saw, I was like, I've never seen anyone else walk it out like he did. I've never, I never believed that change was possible. And then I flew, I flew, we pretty much didn't talk. You left to go to South Africa. Mm-hmm. I flew out about a week later to come to the conference yeah. in, in October. Yeah. Still not having talked, pretty much avoiding each other. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden in one of the, the youth services just before the conference, like I had been, I had pretty much come up with such an offense against everyone that I was just, I was just irritated. And I was, I was really upset with everyone. At this point, I would not consider myself saved. I would not have yeah. said, I, if I died, I was not going to him. I did not know Jesus. And in that youth service, God wrecked me. Yeah, Absolutely I remember that. wrecked mm-hmm. me. And I haven't cried. Like I hadn't cried for probably a year or two before that. I kind of just closed out all emotion. And the Holy Spirit was like, like, I want you and I want to use you, but you have to deal with things. And I yeah. was like, God, you tell me like, if this is how I can feel every day, like the freedom I had where I was like, all of a sudden, everything I'd been hiding and everything I'd been dealing with, I was like, I don't have to worry about this anymore. There's mm-hmm. freedom. And That's I don't. Right. I uh-huh. was like, this is what I want. I want freedom. I want to feel like I can breathe again and I can enjoy life. And he said, you have to deal with things. And so I said, what is the first thing you want to deal with? And immediately I saw you. And I'd realized I was like, yeah, this was as much my fault as anyone else's fault that we weren't brothers anymore. Yeah. <laughs> and I literally like, as I could get off the floor, I got up and I walked over. I didn't even say, I don't think I said anything. No. I, I don't think I said anything. <laughs> we didn't anything. speak. I mean, you were crying. I was just, I was just in the presence. I think I was even crying at that point. Probably. I mean, the presence was so tangible. Yeah. It was like, it was like Jesus was in the room. And I mean, Gosh. I remember that. I mean, Jordan walked over to me, tears streaming down his face, and we just hugged. Yeah. We didn't say a word. I mean, I think, I don't think we said anything that whole service to each other, even after that. Probably. It not. was only after I the service sat. that we just started talking normally. Yeah. And it was like, yeah. It was the weirdest thing because I didn't even like, I don't know. I, I just, we hugged and then I sat next to you and we- And then we, we just, we sort of soaked in the presence. We did nothing. We just sat <laughs> yeah. there and soaked. And then it was really, I think when we got to the US again- that we sat down and we spoke through everything. Yeah, I actually remember that we we did a we we worked together and we we sat I down. I remember that. Yes, and and you spoke through everything. And I think it was yeah. about two or three, maybe even four hours, where we really just we spoke everything out. It, it where, wasn't. Go ahead. Sorry. Where I said sorry, Jordan said sorry, and we we really made up. Because at the time it was like God was in the room, yeah. so there was no need to sit and apologize yeah. and go through. And I mean, stuff we were. And I think both of us were confused because I didn't know what was going on in your head, in yeah. your life. You didn't know what was going on in my head, in my life. And we just hadn't spoken. Yeah, which was yeah. pretty rough. It, it wasn't long after that that you guys had that unbelievable encounter in the dome, right? That was the no. same week. So that was yeah. actually that same week yeah. of Faith on Fire in October. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'll go into my call into ministry for a little bit. Yeah. Um, while I was in the U.S., um, Pastor Andre Jordan's father, he kept on, you know, saying to me my whole life, no, you called into ministry, you called into ministry. And I used to laugh at him. I'll never forget <laughs> the one time sitting at the house at the dinner table, sitting right across from him. And we started speaking about it. And, and this was when Nal was still in the world, actually. Yeah. And Nal was in the world. And, and um, Pastor Andre said, he said, Nal's called into ministry. He's going to preach one day. And we started speaking about all the sons in, in, in the church. Which at the time. All of us swore we would never do That's anything right. ministry-wise. That's right. And <laughs> I looked, I remember looking at your dad 
and laughing at him. Not just laughing, laughing at him <laughs> while making eye contact with him. And I said, you will never see hmm. me on that stage. <laughs> and he said, you can say that now, but you will see the time will come <laughs> and you will know. And I remember it hit me and I was like, I kind of, you know, men work in boxes. I kind of just chucked that out the box and I was like, yep. nah, that's <laughs> not going to happen. Uh, no, not my portion. So, yeah. so I sort of just chucked it out the box and I was like, no, nah, this is, this is not, not, not for me. And, and it was in that same week, I actually recall, I think I had five or six people in that same week come up to me and tell me you called into ministry. Gosh. And it was random people who would not ever get the chance to even speak to each other. And they all just came to me random, random times and said, you are called into ministry. And, um, and I remember I still spoke to Nal. And I said, because at that time, Nal and I, we, we became really close over that season. And I said, Nali, this is, this, is, this is great. I don't know what to do. I mean, this is, this is crazy. And he said, just focus on your relationship with God. It will all be made clear. Don't make a decision because of man. And that's what we all have to remember is we can't make a decision because of man. We have to make a decision because of our conviction and what the Holy Spirit yeah. reveals to us, what God says to us. When we hear God, that's when we act. And then I, I recall it was about a week or two later where I called your dad up and I just said, Pastor Andre, can we please go out for breakfast? And I'd never done that before. I'd never gone just to <laughs> breakfast with him. And, I, and he said, sure, you know. So we go out for breakfast and, and I say to him, I say, listen, you, you've said these things. And are you being serious or are you joking? And I'll never forget. He looked me square in my eyes and he said to me, he said, Jay, he said, there's a call of God on your life and your relationship with the Holy Spirit is what's going to set you apart. And people need that. They need that. They need your relationship and that needs to be revealed. He says, you are called. And he says, but you will know. Hmm. And then we're in at Faith on Fire. And during that time, I mean, Pastor John Torrance even came up to me and said, you need to be in Bible school. Hmm. Why are you not in Bible school? And we had never spoken before. And I had many people come up to me and, and I was in it. I still remember talking to your dad and saying, no, I'm going to do this Bible study and that Bible study. And he said, no, you're playing games. He said, you need to go to Bible school. He said, you can say all of this, but you will know. I mean, I still remember we were still in your house there in East London. Mm -hmm. And you were standing there and you were just smiling and looking at me and and. You know, that's that's literally what happened. And then Faith on Fire came Friday night and your father, Pastor Andres, stood up and he did a call into ministry, into full-time ministry. And I will never forget that. I think you were on my one side and no, no, you were. Now I was on my one side. I was me and then it was our friend and then it was you. And, and I sat and my heart started racing. I started sweating from every part of my body. And the Holy Spirit just said, this is for you. <laughs> and he said, now is your time. Are you going to act? And I sat there and I still remember rubbing my hands and rubbing my legs mm -hmm. and freaking out. And, and, and I knew that this was it. And I thought, well, what are people going to think? I've now grown up in this church. My parents are here. My dad's on stage. I mean, what's going to happen? Can I not just do this in secret? Can I not just like go later and say, listen, you know, I actually feel called, you know, let me sign the form and join Bible school. And I just knew this was it. I had a response. So I stood up and as I stood up, the Holy Spirit said to me, he said, do not care about what people think and what people are going to say. This is time for me to speak to you. <laughs> he says, this is me and you. This is us. He says, this doesn't matter about anybody else. He says, don't worry about that. Listen to what I am going to say. And I got to the front. And, you know, I'm in Bible school with all these oaks now. 
and I got to the front and I, I could swear it was only me standing there. I don't even recall seeing anyone. And I just began to weep. And I remember your mom was on stage and she was crying. All my friends were crying. Um, all the staff at the church who knew me since basically I was born were crying. My dad was on stage playing piano at that time. He was trying to play with one hand and you know, it was he was it, wind, windscreen wiping. It was it was a it was a mess. I mean, everyone was crying. I was weeping, having an encounter with God again, and and then your dad prophesied over me, and and that's it. That prophecy was laser accurate, and that was the first time I, I mean, I, and I've seen your dad operate in the prophetic, but I mean, that was the first time that I registered this man is. This is the first time it's happening. He had a different look in his eyes. It was it was incredible. Mm-hmm. And I went from there into about a two and a half hour encounter. And I remember I had just recovered and Nile came up to me and he said, come Josie, let's go for a walk. And he hugged me. And as he hugged me, I began to weep again. And we went into the, the faith dome. And we started walking and I got locked jaw. Couldn't say a word. And I stood on a spot and it was very close to the spot where you stood. And very close to the spot where Nile stood. I mean, I would say it was in a few square meters of each other, the spot. And I stood there and I began to weep. And I remember Niall still said to me, he said, what's going on? Speak to me. And I couldn't speak. And the Lord revealed the vision of the dome to me. (laughs) And he showed me the vision that Pastor Andre received. And I saw it in completion. I saw thousands of people worshiping. I saw young people raising their hands. I saw old people raising their hands. I saw people being healed. I saw the whole thing. And I went from there into into the church service again. And and I was still just having an encounter. And I mean, it was shortly after that. Then Niall went. It was probably within about an hour, 45 minutes. Niall went into the dome. He had his encounter. The Lord revealed the same vision to him. And then it was about an hour or two later where you walked through. Yeah. And you walked through and you saw the vision as well. And it was that night that the three of us, the sons of the house, saw the vision of the great faith dome. Yeah. And the Lord revealed all of that to us. It was powerful. I just, I, I remember mm. like it was yesterday, I could not speak. Yeah. All I could do was cry. And I tried to be all, you know, sneaky Jordan past because I was like, I thought I would be safe. Yeah. Um, and that no one would have seen me because I kind of disappeared. The Holy Spirit, when I was just walking, he said, just just walk through the dome. And I was like, well, that's a random request, Holy Spirit. But okay, I'm kind of like, yeah. I'm new to this whole listening to the Holy Spirit thing anyways because I'd basically just gotten saved at the beginning of the week, two weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. And um, and so I said, okay. And I walked through the dome. And like I said, I didn't get very far. And all of a sudden, it's like a light switch turned on. Yeah. And it was instant. And all of a sudden, I could see and I could hear it filled to capacity exactly. with young adults worshiping. Right. Mm-hmm. And it was, I'll never forget what it looked like. And I sat and I cried and eventually it was quiet again. And I looked up and it was empty and it was still. And I cleaned up my face and I stood up and I began to waddle just sniffling back to thing. And I thought, okay, that's fine. Like I was still processing what I, I mean, had One thing seen. I'd like to add is that mm-hmm. none of us spoke to each other. Oh no, we hadn't seen each we other. We only we spoke the, the next day. Yeah. And then we found out that all of us had seen it. Yeah, no one, it was a... Con- like, that was the day you got baptized. The day after that was when you got baptized. I think it might have been. It was. That Saturday. It was that Saturday. And it we was began- a Friday night it happened. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. And so, I mean, it was just like, I, I sat there unable to speak and, and just and limping back to the 
back to the the rest of the pathway where I could escape and, and you know as if nothing had happened because I'm like you know Jordan's not known for being a mess in the first place like <laughs> yep. I don't I don't cry I, I, but then I did not cry ever no you were and a big strong man I was very <laughs> yes very <laughs> anyways and um yeah and so I'm walking I'm trying to escape this and the next thing I see people start walking out on the other side of the dome where I'm headed and I'm like oh gosh this is not what I need now I don't want to see people now I'm a mess. Uh, I don't like, okay, let's just ignore them. And like, I kind of did my thing and I start shuffling. And then, you know, there's something about parents where it's like, I realized when I got closer, that it was my dad because I can hear him from a mile away. And um, it's the dome, so it's echoing. And so I realized, okay, it's my dad and he's talking to some of the pastors and, and Uncle Kevin was there and Uncle Bande was there. And all these guys are there talking and I can hear my dad. And the next thing he looks over and I mean, it's dark where I'm at. He can't really see me or see my face. And I, you know, I'm just kind of doing my thing. I'm like shuffling awkwardly and trying to act natural, which Jordan doesn't do well. And, um, <laughs> and he's like, Hey Jordan, what's up? And I'm like, nothing. And obviously, <laughs> obviously at, at that, he knew something had happened and he's like, what's wrong, my boy. And I like ignored him and I carried on walking and he like stood in front of me and like, wouldn't let me go past. And as I made eye contact with him, I just collapsed. <laughs> And he came and he hugged me and he said, what's happening? What's ha-? And I tried my best to find words yeah. and I mm-hmm. could not speak. Yeah. And the next thing, like I, I just, I couldn't, I couldn't express what I had seen. And all I could tell my dad, I looked up and I looked him in the eyes and I said, dad, I can see it. Mm-hmm. I can see I it. I recall I, I also that there was the only line I could get out to now. I mean, at the end, closer to the end, when I was beginning to leave the dome, I just said, I see it. Mm-hmm. I remember I said it about two or three times, and that's all I could say. I see it. That was incredible. And I mean, now, I mean, I'll go into the dome and a couple, about a month or two back, Yeah. They we put all the lights up in the dome, and I went in to see it for the first time, and they put the song Wonder by Hillsong on. And I remember standing there, and I saw it again, the whole vision fulfilled, and I just began to weep again. And every time I go into that dome, I see the vision fulfilled. <laughs> I see it fulfilled, and I get... I get overwhelmed with emotion and just in awe of the glory of God and his manifest presence that will be there. Yeah. And so unlikely of, of a story. Yeah. What a what a one eighty. And I mean all of us, I mean, for myself especially, I swore against joining ministry. Oh yeah. I had seen people in ministry and I was like, I do not want that. I'm gonna go into business, I'm <laughs> gonna fund the ministry. Do not put me on you that. Use that stage. use that lovely like uh-huh. I will pay for it. <laughs> yeah. I don't give a rip about pay. anything. I do not want to join the ministry. Yeah. And then I mean Yeah. And then my dad sat there at that dinner table like two, three, four, how many years ago was it? He's like, you, you, you. Mm-hmm. And we're like, uh-uh. And yeah. then now it's kind of like, oh. And all of us that he said, <laughs> we're, all uh-huh. in, we're all in the ministry. Aye, aye, aye. And I mean, then, I mean, after that, then I got, I got a bursary in the US and a bursary in South Africa. Yeah. And, you know, I was wondering, you know, well, which Bible school am I going to go to? Which one? now? What, what am I going to do? Yeah. Because I don't know where the Lord wants me from there. And, you know, um, it was our pastor, via Pastor Greg, he said, if God is doing something, get in the middle of it. And I'll never forget that line. Yeah. And it just it hit me at that moment that God is doing something in the young people. And at that point, he said to me, the young people of South Africa, yeah. he said, mm-hmm. get in the middle of it. And I saw the vision of the dome and I saw stand in the middle of it. And I thought, that's in the middle and I need to get back there. And from that moment, I decided to go back to South Africa. Which left my whole a huge decision. That's right. Left mm-hmm. my whole family here in the U.S. and moved to South Africa. Wow. 
It's, it's so funny to me that everyone we've been around lately, including myself, we all said no to everything yeah. that God has called us to do it's now. It's crazy. Uh-huh. Everything. And it's like, it never fails. Everyone we're around lately. It's the same yeah. story. Yeah. So if you don't want to get into ministry, be ready. Yeah, I'll just be <laughs> yeah. ready. It's That's kinda, right. That's yeah. right. And at all costs, this is, if, if we can encourage you with anything, and I think the three of us can encourage you with this, is that above all, Follow the voice of God. Yeah. yeah. Follow God. If if you don't know what you what you called to do, if you don't know what what your purpose is, and you're wondering and you're wandering around the world, what you know, what, what am I called to do? What what am I here to do? What impact can I make? W- where must I go? Seek God. Yeah. Seek His face. Seek His presence. Get to that secret place. Spend time in the Word. Spend time with Him. Get to know God. Grow in your relationship, and He will reveal it to you. Yeah. Because there's no better place. And I can say this in confidence for all three of us that there's no better place than being in the perfect will of God. Amen. Because Amen. that's in the palm of His hand. That's where you'll experience peace. You'll experience joy. You'll experience e- absolutely the fullness of His grace and His mercies every day is when you're in the will of Him. Mm-hmm. And that's what we have to get to. We have to get to that point where that's where we live. That's where we reside is in His presence and in His will. And that's, that's where all of us need to be. And, and if we can encourage you with anything, I would say that that'll be it. Seek yeah. Him. Seek His face. You know, it says in the word that seek ye first the kingdom of God yeah. and His righteousness and all these other things will be added unto you. Amen. And that's a promise. The word says His promises are yes and amen. They do not change. He's the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. He's unchanging. God is God. God is the same yesterday, today and forever. And if He says that if we seek first His kingdom, and His righteousness through righteous living in concordance to the Word, that we will experience the fullness of Him, that we'll experience His promises, and that that's where we must live. We must live in the knowledge of that. Yeah. And that, I believe that that's what all three of us can encourage you with, to just seek the face of God. 100%. The amount of pressure that comes off your shoulders when you let go. Yeah. It's a burden it that God. comes off, man. Yeah. It's a load that's off your shoulders. And you just walk around with freedom, with joy. And that's satisfaction. What, satisfaction. That's what people will be drawn to. People will be drawn to that. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Well, Jay, we're going to be back with, uh, with a little more, some in-depth um, and some teaching now on hearing the voice of God yeah. and following that. But until then, guys, we are the next, and we're here to inspire, equip, and expand the kingdom of God. Until next time, adios.